Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew, insert player name here, was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution. The Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, Each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colomendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan, and we've got a fun addition for you. Episode 46. How are you doing today, Chachi Chacherson? Happy holidays to everybody. I hope you guys are enjoying this time. You're drinking a lot of eggnog. You're spending time with your family. You're avoiding COVID-19. Uh, and you're just having you're having a great uh, holiday season. Sure. And you're winning and you're winning a lot of money on sports betting. Yeah. Speaking of sports betting. We have a money line parlay of the year coming on later in this show, so stay tuned. It's, I, I would even say it's the lock of the century. It's it's the mortal lock. It's it's a mortal lock. If I if this parlay loses, you can come to my house and hit me over the head with a baseball bat. If this parlay loses, you can go to Nick's house and hit him over the head with a baseball bat. Listen, that's how confident Jermaine is in this. That's he's, willing how to sacrifice, he's willing to sacrifice my health. What can I say? What can I say? I'm that confident. So we've got a trivia question brought to you by <laughs> by Nick, a very angry, pissed off Nick. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a rant later about this trivia question. So just make sure you book 10 minutes uh, later on in this episode of Nick throwing a hissy fit. And uh, so the question is, since the college football playoff started in 2014, how many teams have been selected? Say that again. Since the college football playoff started in 2014, how many teams have been selected? So obviously four teams get selected per year, right? Right. But it has not been four different teams every year. So we want to know the total number of teams in seven years that have been selected for the college football playoff. And the answer may surprise you, or it may not if you've been watching college football. The uh, 
the shit show that is the college football playoff since 2014. <laughs> so um, we'll just move into the NHL news real quick. We'll just touch on what the executives have formally agreed upon and the launch date. So it was pending approval when I posted this, but it's a 56-game season for 2021 starting January 13th. Uh, still to be determined if the Canadian teams will be able to play in Canada or if they're going to have to take a locale in the United States. So we'll keep you posted what's, on that. What, what's, what's the issue there? The Canadian health department, right? Right. They don't want teams fly like different teams flying in and out every time they have a home game. So, it, I mean, it's kind of on par. Canada has been giving their uh, constituents $2,000 a, a month. Or I don't know how they – yeah, I think it's $2,000 a month for COVID unemployment. Oh, that's pretty nice. Hey, you can't pay your rent. Here's $600. Yep. United States. And, dude, have you, you seen how the next big one that bill is? $50 in Kohl's cash. <laughs> have you seen how big that bill is that they put yeah, through like for Yeah, like $900 or something, right? Well, no, like the pages in the bill itself. Oh, no. It was something like 5,431 pages. Well, yeah, because he's uh, – so, so So here's my issue, right? To, to, to talk politics for a second, to just, just a brief minute, right? There's countries like Bahrain, the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand that are getting the vaccine and they are vaccinating their military, their healthcare workers, and their frontline workers first. The United States recently passed an addendum to the National Crisis Bill that added global pandemics as a line in there so that all of the rich white senators that caused this problem in the first place can get vaccinated first. Hey. It pisses me off to see Mike Pence and Joe Biden on, on camera being like, wow, this vaccine really works. It's like, aren't you the guys that caused the problem in the first place? You didn't shut the country down. You didn't advise people. And now you guys are the first one to get the vaccine? America. Greatest generation, my ass. All right, moving on. All right, so that's enough NHL talk. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll hit you guys heavy now so that way we can <laughs> lighten the load of the remaining podcast. We'll move into the NCAA. <clears throat> we'll start with non-Nick Rant material. So Army and Navy have announced that they're moving their yearly matchup to September 11th in 2021 for a tw- uh, for the 20-year anniversary. No, not really much to expand upon there. Nobody really cares like about it. that game. Except I kind of like that. it. I kind of like, like it. September 11th game. That's pretty cool. I like it too. Um, <laughs> hopefully Navy can bounce Is it, it going to be played at Annapolis? Uh, I, I only I only asked that because this year's game was played at West Point. So you would think that, for fairness sake, next year's game needs to play, be played at Annapolis. Yeah, I don't know where it will be played at. It didn't announce that yet. So it was only played at West Point for obvious reasons, COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming they don't have that. Um, determined right now, bro. I don't know what's happening. I keep getting hair on my tongue. <laughs> it's like mid podcast, really. 
<laughs> Yo, chill, bro. Say that, that Gucci, my guy. <laughs> All right, so you remember a few episodes back, Nick, where we find and cut the NCAA? Shocking. I mean, it seems like they're in every uh, episode. Oh, you, for f- you mean you mean our hall, our find and cut Hall of Fame? Yeah, they've got a whole wing for their find and cut sections, yeah, and they came after the UMass women's golf team for uh, what was $900 in misappropriated funds for a, a phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> get a load of this recent development coming out of the NCAA uh, stringent rules committee. University of Florida's head coach, Dan Mullen got a one year show cause penalty, which comes out to a $5,000 fine and one year probation. No losses vacated for uh, not following recruiting guidelines. So when COVID kicked off, they shut down all recruiting in person. It was all supposed to be virtual. It was all supposed to be this, that, and the other. And he had two different trips where he went to meet high school football players in person for recruiting. Just a, just a guest speaker appearance. <laughs> he was protesting. So... <laughs> So he did that, and now he gets a five thousand dollar fine. Are you are you kidding me? Did, like, I mean, do you in, not in, see in Dan Mullen's like, life? Like, he can he can probably afford a five thousand dollar fine. It was the school. The school got it. They hit UMass with the harshest penalty they could possibly hit him with for a nine hundred dollar. No, and Dan Mullen is literally rolling up in the age of COVID to recruits, being like, "Hey, you want to come play for Florida?" And they're like, "Oh, Dan, you stop it, you!" But UMass tennis, nah, fuck those cheaters, <laughs> those fucking cheating ass motherfuckers, those fucking cheating ass women, right? <laughs> With their tennis and their unpaid cell phones that they don't even use. It was a landline. Oh unpaid my god! Landline. Why I never. That's it. I'm getting a UMass women's tennis sweater, bro. It's happening. A tennis t-shirt. I'm going to pay $900 to the UMass. I'm going to donate $900 to the UMass women's. Find that tennis. link. I'm with you. We are official fans of UMass women's tennis. No yeah, other dude, sport so you, at UMass. So you know how we pay Warren Sharp like $300 a year? Next year, let's just pay $450 to the UMass tennis team so we can reimburse <laughs> them for their landline bill. <laughs> we right. we want to move into college sports. Let's go. Let's go fund a UMass tennis team. Let's do it, dude. Let's be the unexpected boosters. <laughs> that we'll, we'll probably violate rules. There's no way a Hispanic man and a white man can own a tennis team together. Well, the, the, how are we owning an amateur collegiate athletic? No, no, I, we probably we probably can't provide boosters for them because the NCAA doesn't like uh, equality or you know. Equal representation. We'll probably be violating some recruiting rules or something. Yeah. Nope. He had his hair is his hair is four inches too long to donate. That's right. So John Calipari, uh, the second Chachi's coach next to Coach K, has asked a freshman, Cameron Fletcher, to step away from the program to preserve culture. Keep in mind. Keep in mind, Kentucky is one in five for the first time since like in the fifties. 
like forever so, ago. Is, is John call is John Calipari also going to cancel the season? <laughs> he, uh, all right, I'll give. I don't you. think it. I don't think it's safe that the kids are playing in this season. I'll give him the. I'll give him the that respect. He did not say we should cancel the season, but in the at the end of the game in their loss to North Carolina, uh, Tamron Fletcher, good basketball team, he kind of threw a fit and a tantrum on the bench, and I'm guessing he said some words, and you know they're they're not really elaborating on what he said, which I don't really need to know what he said, but you could see he had a verbal you know, tantrum and tirade on the sideline. And post that game, Coach K called his mom and and told him that he was asking him to step away from the team. So this is not – so what I read from it, it's not indefinitely. You know, it's just until he feels like he's ready to rejoin the team and then they'll reevaluate and then bring him back on board. So I don't really – he must have done – to get – like I'm, I've seen people blow up on the sidelines all the time. He must have done and said something. He must have came at Coach K's mom and her cooking or something. <laughs> Your mom can't make grits for shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was like, I'm going to need you to step away to preserve this, this culture. Yeah, and that's, that's such a weird sentence, to preserve this culture. And then Coach K goes like on – I'm not Coach K, Coach Calipari – goes on like this Twitter, not rant, but he's just like explaining because people were asking questions. And he was just like, we've worked 11 years to have this culture and no one will change it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Sounds to me like you like yelling at kids and not being yelled at. Yeah, and how does Memphis feel about their culture? He's not at Memphis. No, no, I know. But how does Memphis feel about when you left Memphis uh, – and their culture that you brought at Memphis, which was, you know, getting students to, to take their tests for other people and all that stuff. I mean, since he is that, is that, is that the culture that you want to promote John Calipari? Ah, whatever. All right. It's Kentucky. They don't actually go to class. Yeah. The Kentucky, school. Kentucky, of yeah. Kentucky basketball. Like, come on now. All right. So getting into some of the college football news the new york six new york six bowl games have been announced as well as the college football playoff and kind of alluded to earlier there is zero change in the top four after championship weekend the rose bowl which will be played in arlington texas at the dallas cowboys stadium is between alabama and notre dame and the sugar bowl is going to be between clemson and ohio state university then the New York New York Six Bowl games are Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma versus Florida, Peach Bowl, Cincinnati versus Georgia, Fiesta Bowl, Oregon versus Iowa State, and Orange Bowl, North Carolina versus Texas A&M University. Take it away, Nick. Yeah. So if Alabama and Clemson meet in the title game, and 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 really, I who wouldn't think that they won't, right? Alabama is going to murder Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson is or Ohio State has not played a, an opponent like Clemson. It'll be the fifth time in six years that Alabama and Clemson meet in the title game. Right? There's 130 FBS teams, Jermaine. 
does it seem like their championship is decided five of the last six years by two teams? Does that speak to a kind of a level of competitive, the lack of competitive balance in the FBS? Yeah, I mean, that would it would seem to allude to that. So this this is where I enter into my rant, right? And I'll even sit up for this rant, right? So the Ohio State played six games, right? We've already put them on Feynman Cup because we knew that the Big Ten Championship could not be played unless they changed their rules to let Ohio State play. And it's all about money, right? Before I say this, before I go on this rant, Jermaine and I both know it's all about money. My rant is more from just a um, – what am I trying to say, Jermaine? My rant is more from like a I know that it's wrong and it's not going to change, but this is how it should change perspective. From a righteous man perspective, I guess. And I know that Ohio State getting in the playoff generates more money than Cincinnati getting in the playoff, but that's not how we should judge what matchup is better. So committee chair Gary Bart Barta, who is Iowa State's AD, said, quote, Iowa State was selected because they were unbeaten, had two ranked wins, and were a conference champion. And then went on to say that the committee actually respects the undefeated group of five teams, it is charged with evaluating. Let me tell you these notable, these notable scrubs, these notable snubs that met the criteria that he just proposed, which is undefeated, two ranked wins, and conference champion. 2020 Cincinnati, they beat 22 Army, 16 SMU, 23 Tulsa. They were undefeated and they were a conference champion. They'll play number nine Georgia in the Peach Bowl. 2020 Coastal Carolina beat 21 LSU, beat number 13 BYU, which was not their original game, but the two teams scheduled games because both their games are canceled COVID to build the resume, to literally build their championship resume. And they are ranked 12. Coastal Carolina is a conference champion. They are undefeated. They had two ranked wins. And they are ranked 12. And they will play unranked Liberty in the Cure Bowl on December 26. For those of you who can't do math, that's five days, a work week away from New Year's Six. The other team that met this criteria, 2017 UCF, the team that calls itself co-national champions because they were undefeated. They were a conference champion. They beat number 22 USF, South Florida, number 16 Memphis, and then beat number seven Auburn in the Peach Bowl. So they have every right to call themselves national champions. Let me talk to you about this committee that selects players and why we think that 13 assholes are better than a computer system that evaluated all the scenarios. Seven are athletic directors. Seven of 13 are athletic directors. Only two athletic directors are non-Power 5. One of the committee members is a former Clemson head coach, and yet he doesn't have a Clemson recusal. So he can vote for Clemson because he coached there, but he doesn't have a recusal of Clemson. What he should have is he should not be able to vote for Clemson because it's a recusal. There is one former reporter 
there are two former players, an offensive tackle, John Urshaw, and Ronnie Lott, who's a DB. And then there is Ray Odierno, who is a former Army chief of staff. <laughs> In what world is Ray Odierno qualified to evaluate college football teams based on his Army experience? <laughs> Somebody, I mean, I somebody message me, text me, call me, tell me how a former Army chief of staff is the subject matter expert on what teams deserve to be in the college football playoff. Silence, right? Because like even Jermaine can't even tell me why. Jermaine can't even take a devil's advocate position. Why is Ray Ordierno a reporter and two former players? That's four. Four of 13. Why are they on the committee? I'm sorry. Just because you play the sport doesn't mean you know that much about the sport. Right? That's why so many general managers are guys that came from finance, guys that came from law, guys that came from other business. Because to be a general manager, you don't have to play the game. You just have to know the game and know the aspects associated with the game. The, the college football playoff is as broken, if not more, than the BCS. It's actually hurting. It's actually hurting college football. The predict- college football. Five times in the last six years, Clemson has played Alabama. It's so we predictable. Do. It's so predictable that it's hurting college football now because they're, it's kind of like they're perpetuating who's going to be in the national title game every year because these kids see, oh, it's Ohio State, it's Clemson, it's Alabama every year. And then there's a fourth one There's a you know that just kind of switches off, right? And they obviously get the best recruits because of that, and then they further recruit even more because it's a perpetuating wheel, right? And so, oh, well, it's them again. Oh, well, it's them again. Oh, well, it's them again. And this year, the 2021 class, right now, Clemson, Alabama, and OSU are three of the top five teams. It's constant. It's like – If anything, it drives to more of a super conference that's going to come out of this with its own legislative body. A Power Five super conference that consists of the best four teams in every Power Five conference, and that's what we're going to see. And great, and, and and all the great college recruits will go to this NFL feeder league, and they'll play eighteen eight games a year, and they'll all have their championship and high five and celebrate. So here's here's my question to you: Why can't these kids just go to the NFL? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because you don't want 19-year-old guys playing against grown men. I don't know. Well, I mean, what's the difference? I mean, I'm, they're basically I'm, already playing they're basically already playing at NFL programs, right? That's what I yeah, that's what I don't understand. That's one thing I keep coming back to. I used to be like, well, man, you don't really want an 18-year-old playing against I mean, what's the difference though? <laughs> at the end of the day. I, I don't have the answer for you. I'm starting to look at this, and I'm like, the more I look at the NCAA, the more I'm like, man, this thing is the whole thing is really fucked up. Listen, I I mentioned it already, right? 
that, you know, the BCS was not perfect. It was a computer that evaluated stuff and, and probably promoted more Power 5 people than it should have. But if you look at the BCS when it started in 1998, the BCS never had the two same teams in the playoff. In the championship game. Never, never were there two. Yeah, sorry, in the championship game. Never did you have a year where you said, oh, it's going to be Alabama against uh, LSU again. Right? And, and it didn't happen. And, and, and I guess I, I, I get it that, like, the SEC dominated or the, you know, the, it, you know or, or a team that was, was first had to do so much to lose that first spot. If they won, they kept that first spot. But is it better than having Ray Odierno, a former reporter, and two players have 25% of the vote on what team gets in to the playoff? No. The fact that there's seven athletic directors that directly look over each conference and then there's one ex-Clemson head coach, none of these people seem qualified to me. who it should, like, like it should be outside parties. The ex Clemson head coach doesn't have a Clemson recusal. If he's an ex Clemson head coach, he can't put a vote in for Clemson. How real. shocking is that? Listen, I would prefer that thirteen members of this board be Ray Odierno. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, let's get Elon. No ties, no ties get, to anybody. Yeah. Let's get Elon Musk. Let's get, uh, I don't know, let's get Mark Zuckerberg. Let's get 13 members of people that are not attached to their their conference getting in. Only two or do this. Split the committee between Power 5 and non-Power 5 athletic directors. Right? No, no, that no, way- no. Here's, here's the pitch to save it all, Nick. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, it's going to be the Podcast Room 303 committee. It's going to be me, you, and 11 of my chachiest boys sitting in a room, drinking beers, watching college football, and picking a better top four than the shit that we just got. That would end in fistfights, but it would be the best college football playoff we've ever seen. Are you kidding me? The the amount of shenanigans. Texas A&M and Cincinnati would be in. Yeah. And and just to mess with everyone, Texas A&M would play Cincinnati in the first game to guarantee them in the championship. Game one, Alabama-Clemson. Let's see what you got, boys. Yeah. Yeah, no, why, like, I, okay. Here's my, here's my thing. Clemson almost beat Notre Dame. With a back with a freshman quarterback and three defense, three key defensive starters missing, and they took Notre Dame to overtime. You can't call that a good loss for Notre Dame, which is what the committee called good it. Right? Oh well, they good well they yeah yeah sorry a good win for Notre Dame. No, they just barely survived. So what happened when Trevor Lawrence came back? If you didn't, I think I said last podcast. If you're not putting your mortgage, your child's college fund on Clemson, the spread. You're wrong. Papa hit big. If you don't think Alabama is going to beat Notre Dame by 55 points, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. 
Brian Kelly is going to beat get beat so bad he can't show his face in in that stadium for at least seven months. Doug Clemson is a good passing team, right? They're a good passing team. They attack you downfield. Alabama is a great passing team. They have a wide receiver that could possibly that ch- I checked on Bovada the other day is minus one fifty for winning the Heisman. The wide receiver. De- oh, yeah, it's Devontae Wilson, year. right? This is the year, though. This is the year. Dog. Dog. Alabama is players try to hurt Molly Wap. Molly Wap. Notre Dame. That's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I'm talking to Notre Dame fans that aren't even confident in Notre Dame. Well, they shouldn't. They just put up 10 points against the full-powered Clemson. And we're going to see Alabama and Clemson for the fifth time in six years. Wow. I'm so glad we can watch this again. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's my that's my college football rant. What do you what do you want to talk about next, Jermaine? We we want to talk about Let's NFL or golf. Let's move on to golf. Golf. <laughs> you added something Charlie, to golf. Charlie Woods is a fucking it's gonna be a problem, right? Yeah, dude, he actually <laughs> I gave it so much shit and now I'm like now I'm like, all right, I can see why I wrote dude, that. So I, I tuned into the broadcast for a little bit and I quote I quote I, I caught this gem of a quote. Are you ready? From Justin Thomas. So Tiger Woods most most of the weekend and, and Charlie Woods were playing with Justin Thomas and his dad. Got right? It. And Justin and 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 I, I, they were on round two, and Charlie Woods hit this beautiful te- uh, hit this beautiful second shot with a fairway wood that landed right up on the green. And before the ball even landed on the green, while the ball he, he he saw the shot, and Justin Thomas walks up, and the cameras the microphone caught him leaning into Charlie Woods and saying, "It's amazing how much better you are than your dad already." <laughs> And I think it was. I mean, I, you, you remember Justin, like in the in the in the COVID matches that they've played. Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods have a little bit of a, a friendly rivalry in which they talk shit back and forth to each other. Yeah, but I don't know that Justin Thomas, like, he's fifty one percent trying to mess with Tiger Woods, and I think he's onto something. There's some truth in that rib for sure. Because because Tiger was trained by his dad, right? Who was not a golfer. And Charlie is being trained by his dad where there's really not a lot of pressure on him, right? To, to be a golfer, you really don't have a lot of, like, pedigree pressure, right? If he wins tournaments and he starts doing well, then this would be like, this is Tiger Woods' son. But there's a lot more leeway in golf than any other sports to be like, no, this is Charlie Woods, right? Mm-hmm. If he starts winning. I think he's going to be a problem. And seeing him hit the putt, he hit a putt. Oh, dude. At one point in the round, and give, and give it. And no, it's a birdie. And just give it like a little a little step and a fist pump, dad style. Oh. In championship red. He hit that birdie in championship red. And and, and I love I love to see, right, you know, there in our childhood, right, there there were a couple guys that kind of grabbed our attention in, in, in non in non power four sports, right? Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football. 
One of them was Lance Armstrong, who has since fallen from grace completely. Well, I guess three, right? One of them was Michael Phelps. One of them was Lance Armstrong. One of them was Tiger Woods. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there might be others, but those are the top three for sure. They dominate. But like the guys that literally have national and international attention. Yeah, yeah. Tiger Woods had this thing that we as guys don't really care about, but it is. It was you know he was very he he had a lot of infidelity. I mean, um, I wouldn't say we don't care about it, but I just didn't think. I was like, he's not the first person to cheat. Why is everyone going so hard on that? Yeah, and they and they had to come out and say he had a sex addiction, and then he had the downfall from grace, and then he had you know the repeated injuries. But I I love. There's always something in the back of my mind, and, and the back of my the bottom of my soul, right? That Tiger Woods is now moved into this kind of father role, and we're seeing him on TV kind of be that that father to his son. Right. And now he's kind of moved like after the masters, right. The 2019, the 2019 masters, that was tiger like winning the masters and and going over and hugging his family. Yeah. It's also, you can see it when he deals with the younger players like Justin Thomas and yeah. uh, I mean, Dustin Johnson's not much younger than him. I mean, it's probably at least a decade, but no, but yeah, but the Ryder cup captain. Yeah. You could see it when he deals with the young, like he's he stepped into more of the mentor role. Like, hey, he's like, hey, this is how I fucked up so many times. And if you could take any knowledge from me, this is what you should take. And and you love to see it because it kind of reminds me of like guys like the you know Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholson when he was coming up, that kind of you know took took him under his wing when he was this kind of new phenom, and and he kind of got too big, but. You know, he opened the door for so many. He, he opened the door for so many people to watch golf, and now I feel like there won't be another Tiger Woods. But it's not a bad thing. Yeah, right. Never, we we have Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Justin Johnson. Right. There's going to be no one that's as dominant as him. But we're seeing guys that are, you know, you can pull up the stats that are more dominant than he ever was at individual courses. But they're not going to get the airtime, and they're not going to get the single media fascination with him that, that we got. And that's a great thing for golf because you can have so many people that you can that you can stack your media time on, and it won't be this one guy that when he has the fall from grace, golf has to kind of scramble. Yeah. In, until Charlie Woods comes around and starts winning majors, and then we gotta, bro, then we gotta re- the hype is gonna be uncontrollable. If Charlie Hoods, Charlie Hoods, Charlie Woods starts. Charlie Hoods, Charlie Hoods bro, he needs to start a hoodie brand, bro. Yo, if he starts winning, the hype is going to be out of control. But with that being said, let's move into the NBA. Uh, some interesting uh, headlines coming out of the NBA with today being the actual start of the regular season. Mm. Lakers get their rings and Steph Curry battles Kevin Durant as they both return from injury. So there's two good games going on today. They're the only two, I believe. Uh, I might have to double check that, but... So with that being said, one of the head, NBA uh, NBA headlines coming out is that the podcast Room 303 model is being broken back out, dusted off, and fired up. Start putting some good bets together. Start hitting hard and heavy. We got we got to wait. I, I I do have to I do have to apologize to you guys. We do have to wait four games for each team. 
right, till we can get a good model. So it probably will not be ready for Christmas Day. Boo! Boo! Oh, wait, that's my model too. I mean, I'm just kidding. But I, <laughs> but I, promise, I promise to win you guys a little bit of money. All right, so with that nonsense out of the way, one of the actual headlines coming out is that Adam Silver has casually mentioned the NBA is discussing expansion past 30 teams. And the reason why this is an actual news story, vice just, you know, another throwaway headline, is that the last five years around the time of their winter meetings, not winter meetings, I guess they would have summer meetings, but anytime they actually have their big time meetings before like the lead into the season, Adam Silver would say, Hey, the league is not looking at expansion. And he was firm about it every single time. Like he was just like, nah, that's not something we're considering. That's not something we're considering. That's not something we're considering. And now you have COVID-19 and all the revenue loss and all the hoopla that's been generated on their sport and their business model through that process. And all of a sudden him and the owners have expressed interest in expanding. doesn't mean it's eminent. It just means there's an idea. They're looking at the economics. They're looking at the analytics. They're looking at the things. And so it's just, that's to me and it's in its own right. That's pretty big news because we could see an expansion team, you know, maybe five years from now. Which, who doesn't love a good expansion team? And tell me why it's not going to be Seattle. Oh, it will be Seattle. Okay. Good. I, can't, I can't tell you why it wouldn't be. The only way it wouldn't be Seattle is if there is some, some city in the U.S. It'd have to be, obviously, really big city. Just created a can't-miss offer. And there was already an owner lined up with flush pockets of liquidated cash but NBA maybe maybe. NBA has prioritized Seattle as the first expansion team after the team left Seattle which is why in 2013 the Sacramento Kings almost left for Seattle which would have been yeah that would have been crazy to see because the Seattle Supersonics still have their colors logos records under under copyright, right? Yeah, they have all that. The state, the state, the city of Seattle has all that still. So, if the Sacramento Kings team moved, they would essentially leave all the Kings stuff in Sacramento. I don't know how that'd work, but that would have been interesting to see. All right, so the last expansion team in the NBA was the Charlotte Bobcats in two thousand two. That was when Michael Jordan came in as a minority owner. He is now the, I believe, he is the sole owner already. Was that that was that was uh, Jaleel Okafor? No, Ameka, Ameka, Ameka Okafor. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So Ameka Okafor um, was who they drafted first, and they began play in two thousand four. So moving on to some, some, seems like we've got news on this guy every every week. No. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Tell tell the people what the news is, and then I'll give I'll, I'll give the opinion. I'll give my opinion. James Harden reports out of Houston Rockets training camp is James Harden is getting into verbal confrontations with teammates, including throwing the ball at rookie Jay Sean Tate. 
He's going full Jimmy Butler to try to get out of there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you and I have both waxed po- poetically about how Jimmy Butler is literally a leader you want, right? And and in training camp, right? I, I know that you know. I I come from baseball, right? So there's not that much physical confrontation, but like teammates are made in in the off season, right? You don't you don't just show up to the field and oh, all of a sudden we got to play together, so let's be teams, right? You make it in the weight room, you make it sprinting on a basketball court, throwing up in a trash can, right? And, and you make it like you know messing around with each other, right? Baseball and basketball, or, uh, sorry, football and basketball are a little bit more confrontational. But how many years do we hear about fights at training camp? And then that all goes away because the team has made the playoffs, right? The first team in a while to make the playoffs. We need to stop in this generation taking people like James and blowing this out of proportion because James Harden is, is, is people think he wants out of Houston. Well, now he's getting into verbal confrontation with teammates and he throws the ball at a rookie. Maybe the rookie needed it. Maybe the rookie has a big head on his shoulders and he thinks he can come into the NBA and dominate. This is a, this is a proven perennial star in the, in the uh, NBA. If he tells you to do something, as a rookie, it is your job to listen to a man that has made it already, a made man, and shut your mouth at times. I don't think that James Harden is in the wrong here but I'd love to get your opinion. I mean, I wasn't on the court, so I couldn't tell you why the confrontations happened, but I know that he's not happy there. He doesn't want to be there. And so, you know, maybe stuff that used to not annoy him is now annoying him and he's blowing up. First of all, I don't think James Harden's in the right because he showed up overweight. He showed up overweight, (laughs) not not ready to hoop. He showed up Kelvin Benjamin style. Bro, like, I'm sorry. If you're a professional basketball player and you're asking to be traded, hold up your end of the bargain. You are paid to be an athlete in your sport. What are you doing? You just stop training in the offseason? So this is what I don't understand. Like, James Harden has a notorious knock on him for, for running out of gas in games and in season. To where he doesn't show up in the playoffs. He has no legs and he shoots one for 17 from three. Right? And now, now you're being a diva signed to a three-year contract. Right? Signed to a three-year contract asking for a trade. Not showing up. Taking private jets to, to Vegas and Miami to party, even though you're telling people that it's to meet with your personal trainers to train. And if you're training, why are you showing up like that? Yeah. If you're doing, if you're doing, if you're doing so much training, here's the difference between the Jimmy Butler situation and the James Harden situation. I just like poking fun at, because how the media painted Jimmy Butler as this villain and James Harden is not getting painted the same way. That's why I love seeing it. Jimmy Butler did not want to leave Chicago. Jimmy Butler was forced out of Chicago. Jimmy Butler went to Minnesota, played a season with his teammates where they showed no desire to win, still took them to the playoffs. Came back, 
realize that those teammates who showed no desire to win didn't work on their game to get better. Then he asked for a trade. Then he didn't show up. Then he came in and punked them with backup squads. He didn't throw the ball at them. He wasn't hitting them. He was yelling at them. He was telling them to beat beat them. He was daring them to beat them. They didn't do it. They trade Jimmy hungry, Butler. Hungry guys. Hungry guys that want to play. They trade, they trade Jimmy Butler. And he takes the Philadelphia 76ers to the semifinals. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. So this and is drastically different. Philadelphia. And then he's he's viewed in Philadelphia almost the same way, right? Right. He's viewed in Philadelphia almost the same way. So he gets traded to Miami, which is essentially a bunch of unproven rookies and and career backup players. And then what does he do with these guys? He's motivated. He, he gets a, a squad of guys that aren't superstars. They're not in their fields. They're hungry. They're ready to learn. And he literally galvanizes this core into a finals run that nobody saw. Yeah. He – he called out the head coach in Philly. He was the bad guy. The head coach stayed. They signed horrible contracts for players instead of offering Jimmy the contract. Jimmy leaves in free agency to Miami and then shows them all up and makes it to the NBA Finals. So I don't understand like where James Harden's coming from. Bro, handle your side of the business first and then – then I'll let you go with this. But you ain't done that. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Hey, your MVP was cute. That's what happens when you touch the ball 98% of the time and you just have four players <laughs> standing outside on the three-point line waiting for you to maybe pass them the ball. That's what happens. Why right? is LeBron so good, Jermaine? What do you mean? Why? Why is LeBron? Why is LeBron James been? Uh, why is Why is he so good? What was his knock on him in the fourth quarter for most of his career? That he passed too much. He He facilitated the final shot, right? Right. The reason that LeBron has been so good in his career is that he facilitates other players. He's the guy that is not afraid to drive the lane, cut in. And then look around and say, oh, there's a guy that I just made open. And I have confidence in him to take that shot. Yeah. I mean, James Harden does that. He gets he gets hella assists. But I don't know. I'm just – James, you got three years left on your contract. It's not one year left. It's not when Anthony Davis forced a trade. It's not when Jimmy Butler asked for a trade. It wasn't one year on the contract. Just get your head out of your ass, bro. He, he's the funny thing is, is he's gonna be in Houston. You know what I mean? Like he's not gonna get traded. Teams aren't willing to pay. Teams aren't willing to pay more than bargain price, and Houston doesn't have to trade them, so they're not gonna trade them for less than what they think they deserve for him. All right, that's enough NBA talk, James Harden talk. Let's move on to the NFL. So the head-to-head results are in, and by golly, the chachiest chach has finally done it. 
he has finally put together. He has finally put together a week where he wins. He went three and one. Go ahead. I'd like to thank Pravada, my fans, my coaches, and most importantly, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior. Yep. So Nick finally goes three and one. I went two, one and one because Kansas City pushed on the minus three bet. The Saints played awful in that game and still only lost by three. They're they're not a bad team, for sure. And then that Cleveland Giants over was nowhere close. I think it ended yeah, twenty six points. I think it was twenty three. Yeah, toward yeah, twenty to six. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! But Tennessee minus eleven. What a call! What a call! Yeah, that was good. Could have bought double the points. <laughs> Nick had Miami minus one and a half for the Washington Football Team money line, which was oh so close. He had Tampa Bay Atlanta over, which Atlanta was oh so close. And he had Cincinnati plus 13 on a whim. He just said, fuck it. He was just like, this is probably a bad bet. That's the exact quote. This is probably a bad bet, but I'm taking Cincinnati plus 13. Should have taken Cincinnati money line. Scared by Nah, dog. Yeah, should have taken Cincinnati money line. Go pack Ryan Finley. Yo, he took the bet because Ryan Finley is an NC State quarterback. This is like those office pools where you're like co-worker Jasmine. She's like, I don't watch college basketball, but I'll pick a bracket with you guys. And you're like, all right, tight. So you give her a bracket. She's like, well, I like these colors better. I like this mascot better. And then she ends up smoking all. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like winning by a lot. She ends up winning by a ton, takes all the money. She's like, I'm getting a new Gucci bag. <laughs> Like, all right, Jasmine, we've had enough of that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not in the league next year. <laughs> it's all salty. All right, so we mentioned earlier in the podcast, there is a podcast room 303 parlay of the year. Can't miss, book it, mortal luck, put your house on it, put your wife's diamond ring on it, put your wife on it, don't put your kids on it. No, it is important. It is a three-team money line parlay. However, their college fund put that on it. Yeah, they don't need college. <laughs> Nick went to college and he's a dummy. No doubt. So the three teams are Cleveland, Green Bay, and Indianapolis. The payout is plus 240, and your boy has already sprinkled a little pizza money on it. A little pizza money. So this is also this is also I, I do have to play devil's advocate here. This is also what we want to happen because if these three games happen, if Cleveland wins, if Green Bay wins, if Indianapolis wins, it's setting up a matchup in week 17. Let's go! And the Pittsburgh Steelers will have to play the Cleveland Browns for the AFC North title. Jermaine, when was the last time? The Cleveland Browns won the AFC North title. 1989. Wrong. It was last year because they became the Baltimore Ravens, and the Baltimore Ravens won it last year. No, that's not right at all. It is, yeah. But, no, I was just being – I was just being <laughs> – yeah, 1989 was the last time a Cleveland Browns franchise won 
uh, the division. The last time they made the playoffs is a wild card. Also, if Cleveland wins and Green Bay wins and Indianapolis wins, the Cleveland Browns clinched their first playoff appearance since 2002. Let's go! This is and if purely you are scenario-driven. If you, as a football fan, are not excited that the Cleveland Browns are making the playoffs, I don't even want to be friends with you. You should stop listening to this podcast right now. So here it is. We'll give this you is an FC, this, this is an NFC South podcast, and we are excited that the Cleveland Browns are making it. The Browns play the Jets. Easy dub. The Green Bay Packers play the Tennessee Titans. Ah, you know, who knows? <laughs> and the Indianapolis Colts play the Pittsburgh Steelers, which if Monday Night Football game was any indication, Indianapolis is a real good shot at winning that one. So we need those three teams to win for the Browns to clinch a wild card spot and set up a Week 17 matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the division crown. If you are not rooting for this, you're dead inside and you don't even need to worry about COVID. It won't even affect you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you want. If you don't want to see the Cleveland Browns playing the Pittsburgh Steelers for a division title, I don't like. Yeah, when the Ravens have the reigning MVP, just and the un- Browns are playing for the division title, just unfriend me, and we don't have to talk ever again. All right, so file this under not news. But we'll talk about it anyways. Carson Wentz is not interested in being a backup if Jalen Hurts keeps the job. What? <laughs> the best part is it's like everyone's already crowning Jalen Hurts as the franchise quarterback the Eagles need. Or the the Eagles have been looking for. I'm like, wow, two games, huh? Yeah, that didn't take too long. I was like, we haven't gone down this path before. <laughs> or someone gets crowned crowned the franchise quarterback and then he's not on that team a few years later. We'll see yeah. what happens. I just thought that was uh, f- funny news, like if that needed to be reported. Like, why would he want to be the backup? Yeah, I like uh, it's the same. It's the same thing when they asked Brett Favre about dra- drafting Aaron Rodgers. Same thing when they asked Aaron Rodgers about drafting Jordan Luck. Like, no quarterback is going to be like, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Can't wait to ride the pine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's only one quarterback that's been excited about being a backup quarterback, and that's Josh McCown. Bro, Nick Foles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nick, Nick Foles just knows because he's able to come in when he when he gets injured. Yeah. So, Dwayne Haskins was photographed maskless at a strip club. Yeah, not shocking. And that's not even the worst news to come out of out of Washington football team camp. Did you hear what? Dwayne Hoskins really doesn't have a job right now, right? Well, he just started the last game against Seattle. Oh. So Dan Snyder. Wait, right? you're telling me he's a good quarterback? Oh, Dan Snyder or Dwayne Haskins? Oh, I don't know about Dan Snyder's quarterbacking abilities. <laughs> I don't know about either anymore. I think Dwayne Haskins got a raw deal, but he if he would have won yesterday, I would have been cheering for him, but he didn't win. Dropped the ball. 
So Dan Snyder apparently faced sexual misconduct allegations in 2009. And they paid former employees $1.6 million. So this is just my simple mind. But if you pay employees for them to be quiet about sexual misconduct, there was definitely sexual misconduct. <laughs> That's not even a question, bro. It's not even a question if there was. It was call me crazy. But if I got charged with sexual misconduct and I didn't do it, I wouldn't say that I I wouldn't pay people to be like, no, I didn't do it, but here's some money. Yeah. Uh, it's unreal. That uh, I don't know what else to say about that. Dan Snyder, you gotta go, bro. I don't know how many times we can say it, but you gotta go. So we'll 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 move on to much lighter news than the Washington football team continuing to fuck up off the field. We've got a fantasy football manager who was up 0.46 points with Juju Smith Schuster and Eric Ebron remaining to play on Monday. His opponent had no one left to play. Would you like to guess how he fared? So he was up 0.5 points, basically. With two players left, his opponent had nothing. I, I think, you know what? I'm going to take the other side. I think he won handedly. You think he won? No, right? He, right? He 100%, he, this wouldn't be a story if he 100% lost. Doug. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster lost in the game because he fumbled on that hit from Von Bell, which is now my all-time favorite hit. It has replaced the Sheldon Brown hit when he absolutely mollywhopped Reggie Bush and forced Reggie Bush to crawl off yeah. the field. I hated Reggie Bush because I was—I'm a Longhorns fan and he's a Trojan. Yeah, yeah. But and the Saints drafted him. I was like, ugh. So. When he hit Reggie Bush so hard, I celebrated. People were confused. Like, you're a Saints fan. I was just like, I love the hit. But now Von Bell, ex-Saint, rumored to be number one safety on Pro Football Focus, laid the wood on Juju Smith-Schuster for dancing on his logo, caused a fumble. Juju got up, walked to the sideline, making a face. And I actually thought Juju was out the game until he made an appearance, like, much later. He had, like, one catch. So this dude lost because Eric Ebron and Juju Smith-Schuster are trash. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was nervous because in, in the uh, Room 303 League, the opponent that I was playing had Eric Ebron. And I was up by ten points, so I was hoping that Eric Ebron did not uh, did not throw ten points up on the board. How many did he throw up? I don't remember. I was wondering if he had negative. I think he had zero, to be honest. Yeah, I think he had zero as well. I just wanted to know if he had negative. All right, to highlight some of the other games of the weekend, the Panthers shot themselves in the foot yet again and almost beat the Green Bay Packers. The Buffalo Bills look like the real freaking deal after their absolute trouncing of the Denver Broncos. On the road, which was the other crazy thing. In Mile High, yeah. They went to Mile High and absolutely laid 
laid it on him. Justin Herbert sunk the Raiders' playoff hopes in overtime with the rush. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers look out of sync still. But the Atlanta Falcons cannot have leads against Tom Brady. They just blow it. 17-point lead. Nevada sent me this stat, right? It was – he said uh, the – where was it? Uh, The Atlanta Falcons – where was it? He sent me a stat that the Atlanta Falcons have led this year in two games of over 17 points moving into the fourth quarter. And they're the second team in history to blow two 17-plus point uh, leads and lose the game. I think the other team was like the 2011 Minnesota Vikings. Hashtag our research is better than yours. (coughs) Our research team is very good. (laughs) Hashtag our research (coughs) is better than yours. That's outrageous. Atlanta should be ashamed. Oh, man. Julio Jones is never one he can chip. That's the sad realization I just came to. That is that is pretty sad. Maybe you should move to like Randy Moss. Like late career Randy Moss. Randy Moss didn't win a chip either. Yo, knock it off. I know he didn't. I know he didn't, but he but he tried to with the uh, Patriots. They should have won. Like let's be honest. Like if the team should have won, it should have been them. It was very fluky. They didn't. Yeah. The 49ers and Cowboys played an absolute shootout. I did not see coming. Uh, it was 27-24 when I got up to walk to the bar to go see the Saints-Chiefs game. And I got to the bar, and it ended 41-33. And I was just like, what the hell happened? Dude, what is going on? I don't know. I'm dying. <laughs> so it turns out the 49ers punted to the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb returned it for a touchdown. The Cowboys punted uh, – not punted. They kicked off to the 49ers, and the 49ers threw a Hail Mary. <laughs> that, that if nothing else only covered someone's spread somewhere <laughs> somebody somewhere is, was extremely happy they're like woo <laughs> I was saying throw that pigskin fire that pigskin the Tennessee Titans absolutely bludgeoned the Detroit Lions as they should have putting up 46 points and winning by 21 Deshaun Watson continues to get my tears he loses on another late fumble in the fourth quarter to the Indianapolis Colts on a beautiful completion to Kiki QT, who was about to score the touchdown to tie the game. And he fumbles into the end zone. There's Texans players there. They don't scoop it. The Colts get it. Touchback. Game over. Deshaun Watson looking up at the screen just like, you got to be kidding me. Aside from Dak Prescott, is there any more misaligned quarterback than Deshaun Watson? Like no. a guy that literally does it all and literally at the end of every game throws his hands up and he's like, <laughs> we what, oh, what else you guys want me to do? <laughs> I feel like he walks into every locker room and it's like, guys, guys, can we play a, like a little bit of defense? Like I, I'm not asking for a stop every drive, but just like 45 points is too much for me to overcome. Bro, he's Jamal Adams. You remember our Jamal Adams analogy on the last episode? He's like, yeah. all right, I'll do it. <laughs> Deshaun Watson's going to start lining up in safety, dog. Dude, did you see how freaking uh, – how happy Jamal Adams was to be making the playoffs? 
you can't that that's that's not like that's not faked. He was like, yo, man, I know this is Cincinnati. Or I know this is Seattle, and you all make the playoffs all the time, but I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I'm living. So then And that's uh, what every New York Jets fan could look like without Adam Gase. Without Adam Gase. Hashtag fire Adam Gase. Hashtag our research is better than yours. Bro, then the Dolphins somehow beat the Patriots with half a wide receiver out there. The Bears put up 33 on the Vikings, essentially crushing the Minnesota Vikings playoff chances. The Ravens ran off a 40-point game against the hapless Jags where the Jags moved into Trevor Lawrence control. And Lamar Jackson did most of his damage through the air. The New York Jets had the second biggest stunning win of the week, which is saying something. They beat the Rams 23-20 got their first win of the season and cost themselves. Get this. They cost themselves the number one overall pick in this draft. Uh, there, there, there are still two weeks to be played, but is there any more Jets thing than their first win literally sets them back probably 10 years? <laughs> I feel so bad for Jets fans. It's almost like – you can't – I couldn't even write this bad of a story. You know what I mean? I couldn't even write this. I was just – if I sat here and thought of every worst thing that could happen, I don't even think I could come up with what's happening to the Jets. No, you really couldn't. The Cardinals and Browns, uh, last few teams to win out before Monday Night Football, where we had the biggest shocker of the week, the Cincinnati Bengals, without Joe Mixon, without Tyler Boyd, without Brandon Allen, without Joe Burrow, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 27-17 in Cincinnati, effectively setting up the podcast room 303 parlay of the year. Which is going to hit. It can't miss. Which is going to hit because Cincinnati's already done its job, dude. It's got. It's going to. It's going to, bro. That's all we got for that week. Man, can you believe there's only two weeks left? Yeah, only two weeks left until until playoff time. So we asked you at the beginning of the show, our trivia question, since the college football playoffs started in 2014, how many teams have been selected? Remember that four teams are selected every year. So, Jermaine, you would say – that there can be a there, there can be a little bit of a, a a holdover of teams, right? Yeah, I mean, so there's seven times four, right? Seven times four, twenty eight. So you could have twenty eight different teams. However, only eleven teams have been selected in seven years of the BCS championship. And the fun fact I mentioned it already about Clemson and Alabama's dominance. In those seven years, Clemson and Alabama have only missed one playoff. Clemson missed the 2014-2015, the first one. Bama missed last year, the 2019-2020. Other than that, they have been in every single playoff. Unreal. And that leads into our first final cut of the week. Nick already covered it ad nauseum, college football playoff committee. You've been fined. You've been cut. 
We actually already talked about – did we already talk about this Notre Dame part with Brian Kelly? No, not yet, no. Okay. So Notre Dame's football coach, Brian Kelly, saying he would consider declining playoff spot if families can't attend. This sounds like a cop-out, right? This sounds like Brian Kelly covering his ass so that if Notre Dame didn't make it, he can go and go, good, we weren't going to go anyway. That's exactly what it sounds like. But now, but now that they're, but now that they're in it, right? We hear no peeps. There's nothing. There's nobody talking. No, there's no there's, words. There's no threat of of uh-uh. not accepting invitation. No. Nah, fuck you, Brian Kelly. You've been fined. You've been cut. You yeah. chotch. You literally, you literally planned this to the number five seed. You can be like, good. We weren't gonna go anyway because no families. <laughs> Shut up. Oh man, this last one we don't really have to cover, but I saw a video of an Arkansas player intentionally trying to hurt Devontae Smith, like similar to how the Cowboys did Chris Carson this year. Tried twisting his knee like that. Yeah, it's not very cool. And I was just like, "Well, we've done it to one person, so this dude's been fine." I didn't even bother looking him up. We're just gonna be Arkansas player. Arkansas player, unnamed Arkansas player. Unnamed. Unnamed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, To be determined if there is a Christmas Eve, Christmas Day podcast really depends on uh, Nicholas Chachi Chacherson himself. And uh, with that being said, follow us on social media at Podcast Room 303, Instagram and Twitter. Do you have anything for them, Nick? No, the man said it all. Dwayne Haskins is a poor man's Alex Smith, sociable presenter out. Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify.